Hello, Relay friends. We are here on Monday after Olympic trials weekend, a historic weekend, no doubt about it, for American endurance running. Before we get into it, big shout out to our sponsor, Lagoon. If you want the best sleep that you can get, go hit up lagoon.com forward slash relay and save 15% on your first order. I can speak to this because I didn't bring my Lagoon pillow down to Orlando. I came back yes. and it was a great experience getting back to my Lagoon pillow last night. I slept fantastically well. I missed it while I was gone, but it, we're back. We are, you know, as much as I want to see my family, I'm throwing Lagoon in there as well because I got the sleep that I needed after a very tiring and extremely fun weekend. That is for sure. Do you think Fiona O'Keefe slept on a Lagoon pillow the night before Ooh. the trials? If, if she, she had. If she didn't, imagine if she, what she would have done if she did. Do you, think Clayton Young, do you think Clayton Young would have given her the win if she had slipped <laughs> on the Lagoon <laughs> pillow? Where do we even begin this week, Where, guys? I, there's nowhere to begin. I will just right. say, if you're listening to this, uh, this is Peter. And I don't know, you guys podcast more than me. Do you think ahead, like, I probably shouldn't blow out my vocal cords because I'm a podcaster? I, no. I missed that. No, 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 blow those no, out. No, no, Good. You, you, know gotta... what, you know what we should start? We should start at the at the, at the the live podcast recording that we were able to do at Track Shack. That was so cool, so amazing. Thanks. To, thank you, Track well, Shack. It was an, that was a super awesome event. I hope we do more. You know what I was thinking about afterwards was, do you guys all, this is going to date us, the, uh, the Seinfeld scene? <laughs> The reservation scene oh i mean yes of course like what? you take the reservation but did you keep the you don't reservation know how to hold the, res hold the, hold reservation. the reservation when he's trying so to get the I car would say, i would say to relay uh relay podcast you record the podcast you <laughs> you <laughs> you conduct the podcast but would you say you recorded the podcast that's on me because mike was like <laughs> mike got everything set up and he was like I don't want to be the one to push the button. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I went over there and then, and then we started and I looked at the recorder and I was like, well, I don't want to look dumb and get up and go push it and make sure. Cause I wanted to double check. And then I chose not to. And then when Gary asked a question, I walked over to give him the mic and I looked down and it was like zero, 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 zero. <laughs> Shoot. Well, you just had to be there next time. You'll have to come in person, everybody. Yeah. If you were there, it was, you know, it's called IRL in real life. Um, I do have one amazing, more though. Seinfeld comment, though. Yesterday when I was getting, you know, when you're deboarding the plane and you, you wait for the row ahead of you, right? And there was a young guy behind us that was just totally pushing through the line. And I, I was like, where's George Costanza when you need him? Like George Costanza would be like, excuse me, sir. Why do you think you can get off this plane in front of us? You know, I actually blockaded someone. I hate that's one of my biggest pet peeves of, of just like in the world. Like that Who is like that's that a big pet peeve. It happens on every flight. I on my flight home, I actually I actually saw someone doing it. I just stood up in the, in the aisle. I had the aisle seat. I just stood up and, like, and I just blocked him. Nice. We like, have a real life Costanza on our team here. I was like, like excuse me. I'm like, no, no, no. I I I, I'm, I have to get a bag. I just there, not getting a bag. I just like <laughs> pretended. I just like looked. Do you away. know? Have you met Richard Isa out of Philly? Um, he's so against that. He's uh, he works at Solomon now. He's so against that <laughs> that almost every single flight he takes, he'll pull out his phone and record and be like, and put it on stories and be like, look at these a holes. Like, look at them. They're going. Look at these guys. And you're like, 
every single play, but I get it. He's trying to in- reinforce etiquette into the society. Listen, so there's I... one reason you can do it, and it's if you have a connecting flight, but you have Last to night. then verbalize it. Last night, I when we landed in in Detroit, right before we landed, they they said softly on the on the, on the over thingy, my Bob, and said, "Hey, there's a few people that are really close to their connection. If you could please, blah blah." I've heard them do that before, and nobody paid attention. And the poor people were like trying their best to like get through people, uh, but this time they actually let it happen, and it was actually I wanted to clap for the folks yes. that were they got the flight. Yeah, and I and I'm all for that. I'm all totally. for that. It's just it's just the people who are trying to push their way to the front. Just be assholes, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess what's the point of standing up at all? You know, even if you everybody just sit down, right? Just sit you down, know. just chill until it's your turn. Exactly. Have a civil society. Anyway, can we? Oh wait, this is one like the most thing. important. <laughs> only <laughs> reason, only re- only other reason why you <laughs> only <laughs> only other reason why you 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 should be able to get up and rush off the plane is if you know exactly when. Your parking will go from one day to the next. Oh, ah. yeah. Because that, my friends, is at least 20 something bucks. That's right. That'd be a good community event. I got um, speaking of community events, the running community came together from across America <laughs> down in Orlando, and it was incredible. It was incredible. Amazing. It was incredible. He has been practicing that segue for like <laughs> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say if you're clap. listening to this, I can't even begin to sort. I could go like full recap for an hour. I could go funny stories for an hour. I could go the time I almost got arrested for like a few minutes. I could go the time I, at one point, a volunteer said, sir, you're not allowed to coach. And I said, ma'am, I don't coach half the field. Like, these are just my friends. Like, like Wait, a USATF like, person heard you, you like oh. coaching an athlete? Oh, I mean, we could all talk about this. The yeah, huge shout out to Track Shack, huge shout out to Orlando that hosted. Um, I am probably not going to spend a lot of time interacting with people in official capacities in Orlando um, if I can avoid it. The, um, let's just say the woman said, the, the cop said, sir, I'm turning on my camera. And she just like <laughs> flicks on her body cam. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Oh, so is coaching, God. coaching is against the law. It's not even just a no, USATF no, issue. This these is a two legal issue. These were two different interactions. I don't want to oh, make God. it about me. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. Um, I just want to talk about Fiona O'Keefe's stride yes, like please. all day. Wait, we talk about day. the runners. Did you say uh, that was a terrible segue? <laughs> I have to know what Terrible. Peter was doing that this she turned her body cam on. Were you trying to cross the street? Because we weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, long story short, I was trying to get to the east side of the course where there was going to be less fans. And I was running down. The race had not started. And she said, so you're not allowed to go up there. And I said, oh, no, the race hasn't started. I'm just going to go right through this tunnel up there. And they said, they had actually officially said that the tunnels would be open password, passageways on the pa- map. And then they change that so i was starting to like you know when you get nervous but you're not showing it i was like oh shoot this is gonna really mess up my whole plan for seeing a bunch of stuff that i places i wanted to see so i was like no it'll be fine i can just go up there and she said sir it's not it's closed till 1 p.m and i was trying to take a deep breath but i was fuming clearly and at this point another woman who was just like had really strong mom energy just yelled she just tried to yell me down she's like sir sir and i was like i don't know yes like what's going on and then so then the cop said sir i'm turning on my body camera because i was clearly still standing there like and they they could tell 
Maybe they could tell that as runners, we're like about to sprint under where we want to go. Um, but then I was fuming so incessantly that I spun around and looked a hundred meters away. And there was an old couple just biking through another pass through underneath the tunnel. And I was like, couldn't we have worked together here? Couldn't we have like, <laughs> couldn't we you have, have hidden behind the bike and just kind of went with Oh them? no, 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 no. Sorry. So I just jogged down and I went through a different tunnel. Um, oh. the cop could have said like, Hey, sir, this one's closed. Just go down there. But, um, anyways, that was, I was jogging with a guy I know from the East coast and he was, he was pretty, he was pretty nervous. He's like, Oh no, the race hasn't even started. You're going to get us all to jail. So no. All right. Matt's dying to talk about the race. Sir, sir. Can we talk about the race, sir? Yeah, we can cut that part um, out. <laughs> no, don't. No, it's good. No. Um, we have to talk about, I mean, so much history happened this weekend, not only just from a micro level with certain individuals, but just macro level, right? We saw seven of the top 10 fastest times ever on the women's side at the trials. Seven of the top 10. We also only saw like 41 people go underneath the standard. So many di different dichotomies that happened at this race, but the biggest, most historic element of this race was the history in the making of seeing Fiona, Fiona O'Keefe running her first marathon ever and simply dominating maybe the best women's field ever at the trials in terms of the depth, the amount, how, how the sport has continued to improve on the women's side, the times that people had coming into the race, and she absolutely blew it apart. I've never seen anything like it. Not only that, we saw it come from someone that nobody expected this to happen. Not one person. Oh, I mean, okay. Peter, Peter don't start Oh, so you picked her with your first pick, Peter? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, Did you pick her with your second fourth, pick in the draft? Um, I'm the no, goal is not you didn't. the goal. The goal is to read your competitors. This is a poker table, and I knew you all would undervalue <laughs> the most valuable runner in the whole field. Um, this is like it's like the Patriots saying that they knew Tom Brady was be the greatest of all time, and still cho chose yeah, to yeah. pick him in like, like in the last in the last. Those like picks yeah. from Michigan. Yeah. I wish I could have. I'm forever in my brain. I want to singe the photo of her looking at me at the bar when I was like, "Hey, Fiona, I picked you on my fantasy team," and she kind of gave me one of those looks like, "Who are you?" Yeah. She turned Who's to you. More disdain, the cop or Fiona O'Keefe? <laughs> right. And then her friend say. goes. Her friend goes. Well, she better get some of that money. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's not a big pool, this this relay pool. I wouldn't say there's too many dollar signs, considering you just won. Yeah, she had a good payday. Yeah. I mean, Fiona, Fiona turned to you and said, I'm turning on my body cam right now. <laughs> <laughs> turning on the stories. Um, That was incredible. And like, I was trying to, I was talking about it with people how, it feels, I think our logical brains want to be like, what did she do exactly? Or like, what was the hydration strategy for the top three? Um, but I think it's a little bit like when the sun is that intense or when the conditions are rough like that, uh, there is a bit of randomness. And I don't know why, but like this thing of like, you see so many athletes struggling and your brain mm -hmm. almost can't compute because Fiona comes by right behind the van and her stride just looks impeccable and she's still very put together and she's flying away. And so it's never going to be, you know, universal that the sun affects or the conditions affect everyone equally. But it was just, it was hard to compute because you'd be watching so much carnage and so much incredible performance simultaneously. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly like, what it was. It's like that, like when, when like New York or something like that, like, oh, it was such a hot day. And then mm -hmm. you're talking to somebody and they're like, I'll be by 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> like, you know it's like, it, it, it 
it's no rhyme or it's no rhyme or reason really it's kind of crazy to look at when i saw fiona at 19 or 20 wherever that was that's right after she had broken away and she just had this look on her face like i got this today like it was almost like not that she was already celebrating but it was it, that you could like see her exuding confidence like she knew that move was smart and i just wonder when she decided to do that because at, with your debut marathon running in this field of women who have like run so many marathons and have so much experience not only at trials but just in mm -hmm. hot weather like when did she decide okay i'm going because go. she broke I the just, field apart like that oh, was her someone interviewed on youtube her her coach alistair craig and he just just said they're like how'd you feel and he's like not good not happy <laughs> like i mean he just said if, yeah. if she was 30 years old and she was experienced that would be a strategic move but at her debut marathon, I was just, Scary. and actually he was way over on the East side. I saw him and Pascal, Pascal Dobert, his assistant coach. And I was like, your women are doing great. They were like white as a sheep. They're just so like, oh, scared. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the interview, he had tears in his eyes. His eyes were like puddles. It was insane. I was just, the audacity of that move. I'm never going to get over. Like, I'd like to know at, what she at, was thinking. At, at, like mile 19 on a hot day, just saying, you know what? Emily Sisson. Betsy Sana was still in the group. She hadn't, she hadn't stepped off yet. Just in a gust group of, of people were in that front pack. And she's like, you know what? No, I'm running away from you at mile 19 of a marathon. I, and then just to pull it off to run the fastest time in women's trials history. The whole thing is, is absolutely beyond belief. I, I was so glad that I was there to witness it because, and she just kept going. She, it wasn't like she made that move broke the field apart, and then paid for it later. She no. kept getting faster. She kept putting time on Emily Sisson, who was putting time on third place. So so she was get, putting five to 10 seconds on Emily Sisson the whole way up until mile 25, where Emily, I think, ran like a 5.15. So she's putting five to 10 seconds on Emily Sisson every mile after mile 20. And Emily Sisson, in the meantime, is putting 10 seconds per mile on third place. So Emily Sisson is running incredibly well. And Fiona O'Keefe is still dusting her in that effort. I could not believe it. It was absolutely incredible. And I think the other thing I want to mention, too, before we move on uh, to the men's field or whatever, is Dakota Lindworm, who was kind of like, looked like she had been dropped from the lead pack, was, you know, kind of hanging out more like fifth, sixth, seventh, um, in kind of the early 20s, coming on so strong at the end. And I... It was that was again. Again, Fiona O'Keefe is the story of the race. But seeing Dakota come back from like six or seven to pass mm -hmm. an august group of runners as well. Again, there's no shortage of storylines. We could talk about fifteen hundred different things. But I thought that was also incredibly impressive. Can I just quickly ask before you move on? Like, how did you guys watch the race? Did you watch it like in, the, in certain points, or did you go back and watch it like uh, obviously recorded back and like? For me, yeah, I, I was, found it quite difficult to get like content, especially during the race. Yeah, I was at I was at mile. The good, the the lovely part about like a race like that is it's like the criterium um, style. So I stood at a spot where they passed me four times. So that was really cool to be able to see that. So you just I was watching it on on the live Peacock feed and getting ready, like okay, they're coming around, and then I'd put my phone down for a little bit and catch some catch some content of them going by. So it was just it was a it was just super well done and i love the i love the fact that you can for the fan for the fan's sake you could just stand in one spot not to worry too much not move around too much if you unless you wanted to 
uh, it'd be like Peter running all around the whole city. Um, you could literally stand still and watch everything kind of unfold and happen. Um, it was it was great. So that's how I, I did it with Peacock and then the live experience. Yeah, we um, Matt and I synced up with some locals, which was really awesome. They these ladies have been like planning this watch party for a really long time. So we were under a bridge and we saw them at like two, four, 12, 19. And then we ran up to see the finish. So, and they had like music going and snacks and it was a whole setup. So, um, I was like, I'm latched onto these locals cause they know what they're doing. They had a balloon arc. They were all in. Yeah. So we were at, we were at this intersection that was Anderson and Rosalind, which is again, like, 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 um, Lindsay had mentioned like two, again, 12, six, and 20 or whatever but if you go one block north then you saw six miles later so i was just going back and forth between these two intersections the whole time so i i feel like i saw the runners like eight or nine different times during the race just kind of going back and forth and that the northern intersection that i mentioned there between south and rosalind is the final turn before the home stretch so you got to see kind of like the last shoot up to like the last half mile or so which was so like exciting like for the men's race that was when uh Quebec takes the turn and like, here comes career, like coming hard. And then 10 minutes later, the same thing happens with Rotich coming around the turn and Sarah Hall coming fast on her heels in kind of the exact same situation where career passes, passes Quebec to take third. And Sarah Hall does like her London marathon impersonation, like head back, like a Pez dispenser. She's flying like, down, back. Yeah. Flying down the backstretch and like passes um, Rotich. And it's like, this is like, this is insane. It was like such a wild experience. Um, but then afterwards, uh, kudos to everyone putting stuff out on YouTube. Like three hours later, I was back in my Airbnb scrolling through endless content that's already on YouTube. Like Flowtrack has a bunch of stuff out. Let's Run had a bunch of interviews out. And NBC already had cutups of the whole women's race and the whole men's race out three hours after it was completed. So I was watched like the recap of the men's and the women's. Each was like roughly 15 minutes long. Um, so I think kudos to everyone for getting that stuff out so fast. Yeah, I, was I think it was amazing to see like all the content, like even from across the pond. Because over here, we don't have anything similar. So it's actually quite exciting to see and to seeing the amount of people, um, regardless of like the paces and whatever, just the love for running down their support. So I think, you know, we could probably learn something from, from you guys as well. So I think it looked amazing from the outside looking in. Could you say that again, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. getting compliments. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, it, it just, I don't know. It was just such a cool thing to see especially if you did stay it was nice to see like the pros and like the the the, the super elites the ones that you're expecting the top 10 uh to win the race and it's it's mm -hmm. cool to see like a like a galen rep out there doing his thing you know um but it was also really fun to be at that same spot 30 40 seconds later and see someone that has literally does not expect to be top three anything um, mm -hmm. but just out there working to run like their best race ever, maybe PR, maybe just, mm -hmm. you know, not just finish, but like maybe they're going through with some issues like with injuries and things like that. And they're really just trying to make sure that they get across the, the, the finish line mm -hmm. in a timely fashion, you know? And yeah. you saw some people turn in the, you saw like the lead pack come through at mile. So I was at mile two, 10 and 18. And so, it was, you know, 26 as well. But like you see people each turn, everybody look like, more and more tired and more and more hot every time you saw them because it was like you know uh eight miles later so the first time they passed everybody's looking strong 
The second time was like, okay, it's getting a little weird. That by the 18th uh, mile, you could see people, especially the front pack, really laboring and like, you know, trying to lock in. But then like you know, two minutes later, you'd see someone in that same, like maybe they were like some of the chase packs. They'd come around smiling, waving at the crowd, like having fun, like never oh, yeah. having been like in this type of atmosphere before. And it was just, a, it was so heartwarming to see like both ends of the spectrum all at one time while people are still running really fast times it's not like we're talking mm-hmm. about like somebody dropped like a you know five hour marathon like no disrespect to that but mm-hmm. it's like they're still running really fast but they have n- just no chance of them catching this like lead pack you know so they're just enjoying yeah. it and pushing to do their best yeah and i can't wait to hear coaches who coach multiple athletes in this race reflect on whether the either the randomness or the differentiating factors between some of the experiences, right? So you have again the the, the some of the fastest times in history of the yeah. trials happens, but you also saw only forty one men and forty one women break even the standard time to get into the trials, which obviously they all reached in order to get in in the first place, minus the half marathon qualifiers, which weren't that many. So you're like, okay, this is such a a paradox in a sense. So not, and it's not like the athlete interviews are going to help a lot because they're not going to have apples to apples comparisons with other people's experiences. I'm really excited. But like, I know that they don't do a ton of interviews, but like the Craig's right to talk about like, all right, they have, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going after them. I know you are. I like, live I'm in so, Raleigh. <laughs> come on, Craig's. So like, I'm like, they had, you know, the winner, but they also had people like Sarah Vaughn who also trained incredibly well, mm. incredibly hard, felt good. And it didn't work out for her, right? And there were a lot of these situations. Like James McCurdy had the exact same thing, right? Coach Nathan Martin, and he called the shot. He goes, Nathan Martin is going to be top 10. He might get top five. Nathan Martin, finished, Nathan Martin finished seventh. Ran incredibly well. And yes. the McCurdy's also had some athletes that had some really tough days. I'm excited for those coaches to expect, to really talk about what were maybe some differentiating factors just in terms of how that race affected certain people because I think it will be a fascinating review. Okay, y'all. Are you going to let me unleash myself on this women's race at all? Yeah, go. <laughs> let me tell you about women's running, Lindsay as, as the sole women on this podcast right now. <laughs> um, first you of all. You're saying you don't but, want me to ma- mansplain? You don't, you but, don't want me to but, mansplain a little bit? Gary, Gary called you all out for that. No. <laughs> what did he say to me? He said at the live show, he's like, Lindsay, stop listening to all these men mansplain you and do your thing. I love Gary, by the way, and um, I'm so glad to be friends with him now. I got to sit with him at lunch. Wow, and so enough, enough airtime. Move for Gary. over, Tommy Runs, because I am Gary's new best friend. All right. Um, okay. First of all, I am most heartbroken for Sarah Hall right now. And I'm not saying every woman in that field did not run to the f- hardest of their ability. But if you just watch Sarah Hall race and you know her story, you know that that woman was do or die, you know? And so to see her come through in fifth was, it was, it was like, oh, she, you know, she wanted it so bad. I would say between her and Emily Durgan, did you guys see the video of Emily Durgan? Because when she ran by me, I, I saw her, like, mm-hmm. she looks like she's about to fall over. And then I realized she actually did fall down. And mm-hmm. then got up and walked across the finish line. Um, so those are two performances that I just like all out there, you know. And then we have to also mention um, Megan Kerfjen, the seven-month pregnant woman who is mm-hmm. Matt McDonald's wife. 
I mean, I think she ran 18 miles and she was just happy as can be. Like, it was so fun to see her out there just enjoying the day. Um, Se- I would say second biggest cheers behind Des. For sure. Where yeah. we were. I, I commented on Des's Instagram. I said, was anybody having any more fun out there than you? And she was like, um, maybe six people. But other than that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a very classic Des response. I, I got a, I got a pretty good video of, um, what was her name? The... Megan. Megan, yeah. Kerfton. Um, yeah, I'm probably saying her to... last name wrong. Yeah, I, I just don't want to say the pregnant lady. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got um, I got a really good video of of her two times going around around that turn, and then I got a good video of her when she decided just to continue continue to go straight because at 18 you, she could have turned left to keep going on the on the route, but she just kind of you know and everybody cheered her on. It was really nice. Oh, and then so I, cute. I got a cool video. I didn't realize, but I had a cool video from 2020 of there was two pregnant ladies. Don't know the names. I'm sorry. Last time um, that stepped Rachel off. Rachel Highland, Kelby. There we go, Highland. And I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't make out the last. I think there was three in the 2020 trials that we know of. And they 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 shook hands, and one of them, and one of them stepped off like at mile 16. Um, so I, I guess I'm the I'm the I'm the spot. I'm right where I step. But up listen, there. there's another. So those two ran together for like like you said, like 16 miles. But there was another pregnant woman, Kelby Lautner, who is actually from Indianapolis, and she actually. This is random that we're talking about this. But she won the Donna Half Marathon yesterday. She ran 121. And she, um, I think she's like a year postpartum of her second baby. So she was mm. pregnant with her first at 2020 trials. And now she's had two. But yeah, she was another one. I think she was like five months pregnant. She ran like a 315 in 2020 at the trials. These pregnant women. Wow. Impressive. Wow. Super. Um, yeah. I, would, okay. I would say Megan looked like she was having a, a really enjoyable experience. Like, I think she was soaking it in for sure. And she was running fast too. Like she wasn't just like jogging around. Like she was, again, mm. there would have been nothing wrong with her doing that. Like she had a handful of like sub seven minute miles in there. Like she wasn't just, you know, going out there for like the cheers. Like she was, she was putting it in, but at the same time was really enjoying herself. We also, um, we will get to the men. We will, but we also have to give a shout out to Laura Thweet, our teammate who yes. we found out she was super, really super sick actually, and ended up in the hospital. So we just want to say we love you, Laura, and we're, we're cheering for you. And we're going to be doing a Laura episode later this yeah, week. for sure. Of it's just like the Laura, basically like what you'd normally see on like one of our other podcasts, right? Like the full download with Laura. So we're going to be putting that out on relay. She um, looked. I'm saying sick as in not sick, but like good in that uniform. Like her uniform was really good. It was, it looked really good. Didn't you think that gray, white? Yeah. yeah I did like the nice. soft uniform. I just felt so, okay. you know, we feel really bad for our friend. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Are you allowed to say sick if someone was sick? <laughs> is that I know. I was like, I was going to say her uniform looked <laughs> sick. And then I was like, wait, she was sick. So I shouldn't say it like that. But I just thought she looked really good. I don't know. I think the women's side as well was generally more compelling to watch than the men's when you looked at the, the call sheet. And like I know you mentioned about Sarah. Uh, you've also got Kira. You've also got Nell. You know, there's so many women we can mention that we were excited to see and those that couldn't take part as well. So um, what a competitive field. And yeah, I echo what you said about Laura as well. Really sad to see that happen as well. And hopefully she recovers as best she can. Does anybody know what happened with Betsy? I know she pulled off on the side of the road oh. at one point, but I didn't know, like, Did was you... she injured? 
Oh, yeah, I saw that. Did you I see the broadcast? Yeah, yeah, she looked. She looked sick. Okay. She looked like she got sick. She like she's like she pulled you off. Her kit? You talking about her kit or, we, or she looks sick? <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure. What's one? Not this, sure. I think the kit the kit was fire. Right. Uh-huh. Nobody's kit was as fire as Laura's. Okay? Right. okay. Yeah. She she stepped off the road and just like immediately like laid down like face yeah. down in the grass. I was like, oh god! Like she pushed right to the edge. Like, and oh, what po- what mile was that? Twenty three. Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah, she was coming so, back down South Street towards the finish. The next day, uh, or later on that day, I did my. We did an eight mile run, so we ended up going out through the Milk District and then jumped onto the course and like came down uh, South Street. And it was you know maybe just like an hour after or whatever it was. And I'm like, there's no way I could be doing race pace at mile twenty two, twenty three. And then I'm like, this is a roughly where she lay down at. You know, like right around uh, here, and it was because there's no there's no shade after mm. mile what like twenty. There was that was the only stuff. shade was the overpass we were underneath, Lindsay. Yeah. That was like the only shade on the whole course. Wow, that's that's yeah. wild because it it was and I, warm. And good and good on them though for for moving for pushing and moving it to ten to ten a.m. Definitely because if that thing started at twelve, um, different race. It would have been almost dangerous. I mean, because yeah. it it got to. And it wasn't super hot. It wasn't Budapest hot. Budapest was eighty plus degrees, right? Um, by the time they finished that race, but and it, but this was like direct sun. Like it just felt different, you know. The solar rays were so crazy. There was like a twenty. It felt like a twenty degree difference between the shade and the sun. It, it was like we were under an, under an overpass, and everyone there had coats on. Yeah. And yeah. sweatshirts. Yeah. And if you go out in the sun, you were sweating in like Ooh. 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I saw like where you were. A, it was like a, a huge discrepancy. It's a good spot. I know. Like, that two. would be a great spot. And I was like, not going to cheer there because it was just too much mayhem. But I'm like, this It wasn't too much mayhem, through. though. It was pretty, yeah. it was like good. It was like, there was a lot but of it, people, but you had, you could have your as much space as you wanted. But it kind of okay. showed, like, it just showed the solar heat effect there. Like, almost, it was basically yeah. the opposite of when it's cold, but it's also really windy. You're like, it may say 32, but it feels 15 right now. Like, anyone this who wasn't there, was kind of like the heat equivalent of that. They're going to look at the app and go, like, it was 69 degrees. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, was it super humid? No. Um, actually, my buddy who finished top 100, his wife is a meteorologist. And I was <laughs> like, can you explain afterwards? I'm like, can you explain to me? Like, how is it talked about? Because that was brutal. Um, you know, it's the type of thing, like, if you're out there with your kids, you would be like, hey, hey, we got to get it in the shade. Um, I need to put a hat on you. It was just, it was rough. You and would be like that with your kids. I wouldn't even think about my kids being hot. <laughs> I talked to one runner and she had talked about how, like, she knew she was screwed because she had tried to do, like, all the heat acclimation stuff. But every time she would go into the sauna, like, and she already knew that she was just not a really good hot weather runner. But every time she would go in the sauna, she kept her watch on it. And her heart rate would go, like, into the 140s. And it, it just did that the whole time. Like, every sauna session, it would go into the 140s. And see, like, all the athletes that she would coach and her athlete friends, their heart rate would go, like, into, like, the 90s but during their sauna sessions. But every time she went to the sauna, it went to the 140s. And she's like... Uh oh! I just got scientific data that backs my my like ex- lived experience of being a really bad warm weather runner. <laughs> she like had a really bad day, um, no. but, you know, compared to like her fitness level, I should say. Obviously, she had a great experience. Wait, can we but... talk about? Can we talk about McKenna Myler? Yes. Oh my gosh! What a day! Mm. To me, that's the day, day. That's the day of the day. Like the day of the days. Like 
I met her in New York and she was so humble that she was like, hi, my name's McKenna. And I'm like, oh, hi. And I'm like, look, you know, your yeah, brain is going like, I've yeah. seen her face before. Yeah. Oh, wait, she's a total crusher. And she's mm -hmm. like, um, she was two months out from going to Houston and running 68 minutes. So like, I, without throwing shade at anyone, although I'll get mm. into some shade, like, I am a big believer in like, <laughs> you have plenty of time to go, like, run and prove you're ready to run. And like, I, I mean, we should have picked her. I don't, she ran 68 minutes at Houston. Well, like, I missed that. The reason we didn't pick her is because we thought that she wasn't running. Yeah. Because we were told that this is what the problem. Laura Sweet said, my roommate McKenna isn't running. And I thought oh. she meant McKenna Myler. No, the rest of us didn't think that though. I, okay. I knew she meant McKenna Morley. Cause oh, I know that Laura okay. and McKenna Morley are good friends. I had some, gotcha. I had some Instagram, I had people on Instagram messaging me like, how come you didn't pick her? I was like, this is why. Like I actually, I wanted to pick her. She was on my list. So wait, not wow. one of us picked her. No, no. Um, so or stupid. obviously just just Ton or J just McLean, which, by the way, I kept saying Jay McLean and I was like, who's Jay McLean? And then I realized it's just Ton and I knew that name, but I didn't know she it must be she must have got married somewhat recently. Fourth place woman is who I'm talking about. Like, I'm like a woman runs by with a hat and sunglasses with a, a name I've never heard of. And I'm like, sweet. Who's this lady? Like, um, like, and what are you going to do? Look it up. And then like on the tracker i looked it up <laughs> like, while i was standing there i did because i was like i got it and i look also looked up carolyn rotich because i didn't know who she was either and i was like i gotta know who these women are that are up in the top 10 but i mean yeah anyways it's like pretty impressive it was really cool to see these people running through um but yeah, like, i felt like an idiot that, that, that i didn't know that that was jessica ton so i'm like i like i remember her from like 5ks and i think she ran at stanford yeah, like she was like a quite, really well-known runner i'm like how did i not know like but mckenna was like, like in idiot. the pack with her split shorts on, just like rocking out, yes. and you're just like, and just what are so you strong. doing? Yeah, she yeah. qualified at the McCurdy Marathon. You know, like welcome to, like, get your qualifier in October, torch a half in you know January, and then just you know run out with the lead pack, and you're just like, what is going on? It was very, um, I will say, very confusing. I felt like on the sidelines, you know, all these debut kits all these hats, all these things, like I couldn't keep track of uh, a lot of the runners because they're all, they were just looking different, but it was so exciting to see these faces up there. I had a hard time, um, like as the Puma runners were coming up, like distinguishing who was who because their kids yeah. look so similar Yeah, and they're all kind of like similar stature, like Dakota, Annie and Sarah Vaughn. And I was like, who is that? Which one is that? And I almost couldn't tell until they were like right in front of me. Although we know, knew Dakota was, was coming down and, I'm just so happy for that girl. So proud oh, of her. So cool. So cool. Did you guys see the, um, I think it was flow track interview with her coach after the um, race. I hadn't no, watched it yet. Tell us was about it. it. So it was like the person who conducted the interview was like, could not understand how she like made top three. I think like, what? like, like five out of the seven questions were like, but she, her, her five K PR in college was 1620. Like, how did this happen? And finally, the this coach, was like, who was like trying to be like nice about it the whole time, was like, "Well, she got better, dude. Like, she yeah. got better." Who like, was doing well, the interview? Like, do you not know who she is? No, he not knew she was, did. but he was like, he knew like all of her college PRs. So, like, he absolutely knew, but he just wasn't. He was no, he, he couldn't understand how she'd gotten so much better post college. But it definitely, like, definitely showed like how some people can be biased. Of like, hey, you know, your your college experience proves your speed, and then that should like give no. your 
like timeline for the rest of your career. I guess that's, I guess that was the point. It was so funny. Like listening to the coach, like trying to be nice about it. And finally he's like, listen, man, she does that now, like in, in 5k repeats. Like, I don't know what to tell you. She's faster now. Wait, it sounds also... like this guy like just read her Wikipedia page. Like that doesn't sound like he knows anything about her progression. That's fair. That's fair. There's Whoever also, it uh... was, who was it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, one of the flow track guys. <laughs> oh, Peter's frozen. I don't know. Clearly, someone who doesn't know the sport, and I think we're giving him way too much airtime to honest. I think it's quite nice as well, and it's separate. Topic I love that, that, <laughs> that we didn't get like so much like focus on the shoes, like you know, like the kissing of yeah, the, the shoe at the end of the race and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, thankfully that wasn't the case. But surprisingly, though, um, yeah. like it's so it's actually surprising how little folks really were like talking about shoes this time around. Yeah, um, and I think that that is because of a few things, maybe because so many brands have come out with a shoe that is competitive and um, on the right day, you don't feel like you are miles behind this one other brand, you know? So I think that the closer the brands get to that shoe or these shoes, then it'll just be a, what, what team they're on more so than like what shoe they had on their foot. And each brand has multiple carbon plated racers. Yeah. So you have mm-hmm. people like Amron, like say like Puma, Nike, Saucony, they don't have just one super shoe. They have two yeah. super shoes. So even if you have a difference of opinion, you can go with the one that best fits you. Yeah. Like I was there, like Hoka just dropped their bigger, um, mm-hmm. like higher stack uh, super shoe uh, the, last week. And their athletes had on, uh, right, both they had both shoes on, um, and it was just kind of cool to see like a brand. Like and that's another thing too. Like sometimes you wonder like would a brand try to make them wear the shoe that just is coming out to make it. So, they're like you know nope whatever whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, whatever gives you the best chance to compete, then go for it. You know we'll we'll worry about the marketing and sales. You know and that's smart too. Wait, can we talk about the Nike shoes? Sure. Which ones? Which one the ones that you like, had on that the reason why the cop pulled you over because you were probably looking like you're about to run too fast through the pedestrian area. I look like a guy who was going to try to mess with the mess with the race. No, um, yeah. oh, the, this guy's here to man at the race. I know it. He, Peter had on tearaway pants. The lady's like, nope, nope, nope. I will run the trials by any means necessary, guys. Here we will go. Bandit this race. Um. No, I mean, what's interesting is there's so, like you said, there's so many shoes and it's in a really cool new era where everyone should try on different super shoes and figure out which one works best for them. So the sponsored Nike athletes, um, the top two seated males, uh, who Galen Rupp, Connor Mance, they both ran in mint condition alpha fly ones mm-hmm. because from the, from what I've heard, they prefer them. And then they went into the lab and this is increasingly possible um, just for like amateurs. I've seen people who are not sponsored do this and do data collection in different shoes. And they're getting better energy return with the geometry of the Alpha Fly 1 than the Alpha Fly 2 or 3. And so they're like, yeah, game day. Here we go. I'm going to run in a four-year-old shoe and win the Olympic trials. So it's pretty See, wild. Galen Rupp's, Galen Rupp's grabbing his, uh, his Alpha Flies off of, off of goat.com. Yeah, <laughs> for five hundred bucks. <laughs> how, how much can you get them on goat.com now with like the pukes with the puke on them? Yo, yo, put those up for sale. <laughs> hey, when I t- listen, listen. If if you're Galen Rupp and you don't have the day that you wanted and you don't make it onto the team, steal the day by the best projectile vomit that I've seen in ages. 
it was i mean i'm not even a i'm not i don't i don't like looking at it it's disgusting whatever but when i take this he it was it was elite it was elite yeah. that was elite least. vomit elite i posted you know, it on yeah. my stories and it went i mean i don't know how the damn algorithm works but like everyone saw it i got lots of reactions this positively yet, a lot of no. negative reactions a lot of like why no please why are no. you sharing you, this yeah get this out of my feet i'm like this is incredible who posted um, the original we've all picture? been there uh joe hale had a great one i think bobo uh might have had a good one there was like it was just oh, nuts man. some of the professional photographers like that was their moment to shine they, <laughs> had, oh, they had like oh, yeah. unbelievable pixelation you probably could yeah. figure out exactly the, the gel that was consumed by the, by, the, the, by the high quality of the picture. Okay, listen, we can talk about the men's race now. Let's go. Oh. Segway of a lifetime. <laughs> um, but honestly, though, like just I just thought about it too. You know, what Marcus said that the women's race, uh, everyone was like kind of like keyed into that a little bit more. Um, and it arguably like lived up to the hype for sure because if you were to sit and close your eyes before the race you would say i know at least the two top three guys and that's exactly what happened the big story of the day for me and i'm, I'm i don't care what happened at the end of that race my guy from hansen's brooks zach panning i'm so like i was hold on that was my, my guy mind. in the picks just so you know oh, you did it, but you did that you did that on purpose <laughs> my guy <laughs> it dude like really like it was amazing to watch the way that he the way he like fought bravely like led the race out from the, he was up front from mile three until 25 and i just he he fought and and i guess he i i, I messaged him I, we don't know each other like that he's not like my guy like that but i messaged him and said you know thank you so much for like mm. for running the way that you ran today yeah, it was impressive. It was exciting. I was really bummed when they turned that corner and he wasn't with them. Although you have to be excited for Leonard career because getting mm -hmm. fourth last time and then getting third this time is like, there could be nothing that feels better than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you have to wonder, like, I loved, I loved the vigor that Zach, Zach, Banks, Zach Panny basically ran the race that we all thought CJ Albertson was going to run. Yes. That's so true. You know? Yeah. And it, I loved the gall behind it, and I also was sitting there like, "Why, why not just let the BYU guys lead you out? Like, why not let them? You know, like, you 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 also wonder, but at the same time, like, you know, he 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 took his shot. He obviously felt very confident going in, and um, it really is. I think we all love seeing people, mm -hmm. you know, run with their heart on their sleeve. You know, mm -hmm. in in that way, he is a very expressive runner, which also is part of it, right? Like, um. Obviously, all these runners run as hard as they possibly can, right? But there's just something different when someone, you can visually see mm -hmm. them suffering. This is something that happens, like, in the Tour de France all the time. People love it when, like, people are, like, on the bike. You, you look like they're about to tip over. They're putting everything into it, right? As opposed to, like, again, this is not a shot. Like, Galen Rupp also tries very, very hard. But, like, he has such an effortless stride. It doesn't mm -hmm. appear yeah, yeah. like the Zach Panning grinder kind of vibe. Like Sarah right? Hall. Like, she always looks like she's working so hard. Right. That's exactly right. So... But I just it can, we can all appreciate it, and like, of course, like you can't not root for someone like that. And I appreciate you, Tommy, saying it. Like, hey, like that was like the story of the men's race, which is wild considering like he wasn't even in the top three. But it, you know, for the duration of the race, that's what people were thinking about. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, how many miles you lead 
the race, the person who leads the most miles oftentimes is what you remember after, you know, years later, as opposed to like someone who like maybe clipped them at the end. Right. You, you remember like this person's indelibly, you know, marked in the image of the race because of what they did. So that's so why we still talk about Brian Sell so many years later for the same, for a similar reason. And that's why I'm with Mike Kafuzi on this one. How, like, why did why were people googling who Zach Panning was, like as it was happening? You know, right. not not to say he was uh, a favorite, not to say he was a favorite, but the fact that he finished top American in Budapest, even though the big dogs no, weren't there. No, top top finisher at the World Championships is um, classically like, how do I say this correctly? It's not meaningless, but like we don't pay much attention to it. Like but, I think it's cool to pay but, attention. I think we should. Um, yes, the world championship marathon is not an elite, like a super elite event. Um, it's but like, so like if you're, but if you're, it, it's just like, it. it doesn't always shake out that way. And so when it does, you're like, oh, of course. And all these people, right, will, right. you know, oh, I mean, he definitely, yeah, there's just been a lot of, sadly, the way the marathon, that's what makes the Olympic marathon so incredible. Like the U S trials so incredible, like that everyone's there because like the world championships race, you're like who's in this race again? And then, um, I mean, yeah, you don't want to bust up storylines. So yeah, no, I hear you. And then and in hindsight, you're like, this guy is on the real upswing. It's incredible. But I mean, like, so like, if you look at the like, same instance, like you look at like, like Lindsay Flanagan did well in, in Budapest, it seemed like there was a, like, it seemed easier for uh, whether ASICs or whoever was like, oh, this is great. Maybe no one cares, but we're using this as momentum to push her in front of more people. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're, if you're Zach Panning or someone that's on Zach Panning's team or someone like that to, to make him more of a household type of name or something, that's the opportunity to like, start telling stories, start, you know, leaning in. And I know like Hanson's Brooks has other members on the team that they don't want to like make him feel like someone's the favorite, but you just got to lean that direction. Like this, this interview, I mean, this, Store this uh YouTube video is only about Zach, guys. You guys are just mm. you know, you guys are just back there, you know, like and it is what it is. And I'm sure that his teammates would understand that too, because the bigger that someone like that gets, the more attention the team gets. But it's yeah. just and they've already experienced this with Des. They've already experienced it. This isn't new for them. And arguably, maybe that's why she left. I don't know. You know, like why I mean, would but I also push? Also, also say like certain. I agree with you, Tommy. I agree with you, but I also think, as we know, certain personalities just kind of like hit the zeitgeist, and you're just mm. and we just all fall in love with people. Like That's true. Zach is a great guy, and he's a, he's I feel like new to a lot of us, and I've you know seen some interviews with him, and he seems like he's warming up to giving those interviews. Not that he's like reluctant. Uh, there was a I forget who put it up now, but there was a great there was a decently long form video on YouTube about one of their workouts in Florida. And he's like, nice. And he's talking about his training. Um, but he, you know, you got CJ over here, like NBC showing video of him training on a Peloton treadmill with 12 chicken lights. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, like the storylines are going <laughs> to, um, it's like, it's, yeah, it's newer. And that's where marathoning, I think marathoners suffer because they only go on the stage, the international national stage, like twice a year. Sure. Um, they're often like often in the shadows. So I'm excited. Yeah, super excited. I, I will say Matt and I talked to James McCurdy for, you know, 45 minutes about the qualifying process. And basically it the worst case scenario landed where Zach clearly was going for the auto qualifier 
Right. And that influenced how I think that influenced how he ran. He fades. No question. Doesn't get it. Lenny gets it. We're super happy for Lenny. We don't really know what will happen. So you, and I'm kind of like super happy for Lenny and also like man, if Zach could have just raced for third, it would have been yeah. a very different race. Instead so. of like trying to get that qualifier, like what he've had in him, yeah. You know, I guess not... it, we're all like, he's a genius, but it like super hard. I want to ask, we're talking about like how many people know Zach Panning. The first person to ask here is Marcus. Marcus, did you have a, a good idea of who Zach Panning was like a month ago? I'll be honest, a lot of the, from the men's side, I'm not really familiar with. Uh, I'm going to do a Lindsay Hine and just be like, I'm only really familiar with most of the people I've interviewed. So, like, shout out to Nathan Martin as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously... Wait, why is that a Lindsay Hine? <laughs> She's like, you do this thing. You do this thing where you, you just, like, you mention the person. You'd be like, oh, by the way, I interviewed them, and they're my favourite person. Or you do the thing where you say, like, I want to interview this person, so I'm just going to, like, just throw them some, like, some compliments <laughs> sprinkling through the episode. So I'm behind my game. I'm, I'm trying to step up to your game, Lindsay, oh. but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. We know that we know your game, Lindsay. We see. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I did interview Zach Panning in the fall. I, I maybe already mentioned this on the podcast, but at the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon Expo, and when they gave me the list of people I was interviewing, I didn't know who he was. So I had to do some major prep and research on him. And so, I mean. I don't know. Do I stay super up to date on who's who, especially on the men's field? No, but I should have known who he was because he had won the world champion or not been the top American. I mean, in the world championships, I will say he was incredibly warm, friendly, mm -hmm. and easy to interview. Like he was yeah. fluid, like had a lot to say on, on the mic. You know, I felt like I could feed him a question and he just ran with it. So yeah, I would love to interview him again. It's always a very exciting thing when you have no idea what someone's personality is going to be and you send them a question and they just run with it and you're like ah what a relief yeah. so anyway yeah i think i'm excited about him yeah all that all that to say i'm just you know it was about zach but at the same time it's like it's the thing we've been talking about that for some reason the men's side of it is, is just not less exciting because they're not running good times because they are um uh, yeah kind of um but it's like, you know, I'm just talking about like, as I guess in comparison, the women opened up 10, like 10. That counts as shade for Tommy. That, that was, shade. that was Tommy that was shade. Serious <laughs> shade. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to hear what Tommy Run said on the relay podcast. I was, oh, hold on. I was trying to like, I was trying to like pre, like get ahead of it before Peter jumped in or something, you know? Um, but like, cause like, I didn't realize I, before, which I should, I guess, um, that 10 women had run the qualifying time. So like, it wasn't just three. It was like, but it just a lot. It just hit me that like, dang, like when I said that, I'm like, dang, only two guys ran it. You know, ran the qualifying time pre, which just seems kind of crazy to me because there's a lot of people out there putting in good times. But I feel like some someone somewhere, and I think Kafuzi's really been trying to do it, is just get people to share their stories more and like lean into like the social aspect of it because it would be fun for you to be like, I don't know which race I'm excited for more, the men or the women, but everybody's like women. Yeah, well, and, well, but you I, think I would, like... I would push back on that though because I think that both of these were equally exciting because of mm -hmm. what you just mentioned. Because I think the stories that are coming out around Clayton and Connor on not their not not their personal social media, but on other videos was really good over the past couple of weeks. They had a bunch of different people coming out looking at workouts. I thought they did a great job. They were at the front of the race. I think 
while I felt came into this expecting the women's race to be more compelling, Fiona dominated it. Like, it was, she was a freight train at the front. It was not a competition to see who was going to be in first. And with two miles to go, it really wasn't a competition to see who was going to be in second either. Right. Mm-mm. Whereas in the men's race, it was absolutely a competition. We know who's going to win until five steps before the finish line. So again, it was a little melodramatic in that sense. But I feel like in terms of like from a competition perspective, the men's race was, well, I think, inherently more competitive because more people were in it for longer. Well, the mm-hmm. men's race, though, like it wasn't about who was going to win it. Layton just let Connor win. I mean, right. and, he, and, and, and we knew. Long, I mean, we saw him take the turn on to South Street. Yeah, he was Clayton, like, We're finishing this Clayton's together, doing and you're this gonna to go the, first. Clean's doing yeah. this to the crowd, he's like slowing down, like looking to like slap hands. Like, he obviously was gifting it to him. We all knew that, like, in yes. person. I don't think it was, I don't think it was evident on the broadcast necessarily, but anyone who was there in person knew that it was Connor very was obvious. Take it down. Yeah, but I just, from a competitive standpoint, the men's yeah, race yeah. was more competitive. Yeah, I love that before. you said he was gifting it to him. We got to get into the controversy. Where do you guys fall on? Well, I was actually, yeah, I was going to ask you that, Peter, because I was like, well, of of any of us, Peter's like competed at the most elite level. So I'm curious, like, if you're in that position, what do you do? Oh, no, I'm just I don't think I've personally ever been there. I think I'm just connected to a lot of people who are looking at that, like at the bar we were at, which had uh, people from, you know, you have the Confuzis of the world who interviewing people. Confuzi was like, passionately recounting how he had interviewed members of the Provo crowd who were saying that, you know, like Connor is the alpha. He like sets the pace. He like, he leads the group chat. He says when the workout is Clayton's older. Clayton was the upperclassman when they were at BYU. Um, So there's a whole like interpersonal way of saying it. And then anyone connected to the pro side of the sport was like dollar, dollar bills, y'all like, it's all about the the bonus and there must have been some discussion at some point of like um i mean everyone's question was like i just wonder what the nike bonus was um yeah do not care about that 15 grand like oh the the difference in the prize money difference yeah well no no, like not the prize money it's like yeah Connor would probably get a get a much bigger advance. Possibly, there's someone said I don't because no of idea, he's Nike and because he's Nike. Clayton's A6. Not that A6's or he has money, it written in. Just yeah, like, just like so he's I mean, like, you've... yo, I know you're gonna get a hundred thousand. You go first. Yeah, give me twenty five. Oh, right, I hear like, like, Who saying. knows? Like, that would be interesting to see if, if Clayton's bonus was just like if you make the team, here's your bonus. Yeah, Connor's might have been like play specific. Is that what you're saying? Or this is this is where or, Clayton like almost gave a. Yeah, or the or Clayton's just a really nice guy, and was like, because he said that he gave it to him because you know because he he pulled he dragged him all the way through training pretty mm. much, and he's like maybe in his mind he's like I wouldn't be right here at this point at all if it wasn't for you, so mm. I don't feel like I should take this, and maybe it's a maybe it's a BYU thing, um, <laughs> but I'm of euphemism I'm of, alert. I'm of the religion that, like, say, say, me and Gary are coming down the chute, <laughs> and we're about to pass through, and I've been trailing Gary all of training, and I'm about to win yeah. this thing. I'm putting in a surge, two feet. Yeah. I'm, you know, or tripping the dude. I'm not sure. I don't know though. I mean, that I love. I I got to hang out with Gary this weekend, and we had a great time together. Um, oh, no, no, enough, enough Gary airtime. <laughs> so Gary, Gary. Gary so Barry, Gary being the really like PR project, like anchor, the thing, the thing that people come for and that they can trust. We care about PR project. <laughs> like, it's like that thing, you know, that feeling of like, I've, I've put up with Tom, I put up with Tommy 
because you know like we all have Gary. to have our yeah um no i mean i would say it's weird because that's where the the dollar the dollars have to my suspicion my gut tells me the dollars are leading here because yeah when i was in college or when i was like at peak marathoning i each uh each phase of my running career there's been someone a training partner who like i was looking up to and i followed and yeah if it was coming down the final straight and it was close like i could easily see i could like wax poetic about like you know letting the person who you know got me to that next level the clear leader in the pack like win and yet i'm like if there was a half million dollars on the line like that's probably more of the dynamic um i would i think, clayton, I would... I think clayton young is playing the long con i think he's gonna pass connor to win the gold medal <laughs> the Olympics. no he's like, gold. he just keeps playing the long con he's been playing this out for years and then Marcus, right at, in the, this... at that critical moment where connor takes it for granted bang he's got him Marcus, in this scenario, the, That's probably the, smart. the airport, the airport in uh, all the airports in Kenya and East Africa are closed. Um, like, oh, yeah. the Kenyan, oh, so the Kenyan, the Kenyan yeah. flight goes to like Paris, uh, somewhere in Texas. All, Paris, Ohio. All of Africa, again, yeah. all of Africa yeah. is shut down. All of Japan is shut down. Like <laughs> the whole world is shut down, basically. Okay, um, I have a yeah. question. Man. But would you be willing to, I guess more than anything, it's like, how much like credentials does it give you to be the Olympic trials champion? Like, cause he gave up that a lot, title a lot. You know what I mean? More than the money and anything else. Olympian though. Olympian trumps all he, yeah, he gets the yeah. title Olympian, but like in his bio, or, I guess you don't put Olympic trials champion in your bio, you know, some people do. I would, I mean, I mean I would. Woody Kincaid did in his profile. It just said Olympic trials champion literally <laughs> yeah i think i'd put olympian like, over that dude strava yeah, dude strava still says morning run and then um <laughs> and and connor's connor's strava says morning run with clayton yeah i love that that's good that's so good are there any other storylines we should hit there's a well, million do, do i know literally okay, a million. Million. we're gonna Can go for four question? hours everyone Can settle I... in we're gonna do a like rich roll level like <laughs> right Tommy, what were you saying i'm asking you guys a question so which what, what's on the men's side, which one were you most bummed about? I'm like, dang. Well, nobody's even talked about Scott I'll say, Cobble. I'll say Andrew Colley. Andrew mm -hmm. Colley looked great for a long time. He was in the top five for a long time. He ran incredibly well leading into the race. I think anyone who's paying attention, even if they didn't know a lot about him, could easily see that he was a strong candidate to get top three. And he was running really well. We were standing right next to where he walked off. He walked off at mm. the medical station six feet from us, mm -hmm. and it was heartbreaking. This yeah. guy was running really well, and he got to mile 18, mile, what is it, 19 and a half, almost mile 20, and he had to step off while he was in the lead pack. Again, I, not that I don't feel bad for Scott Fobble or other people, but if I have to choose one, it's him on the men's side. It's him with a bullet. Why? Oh, no. It's... Because he was in the top, he was in the lead pack at the, mile, the 20 mm. mile mark. Yeah. I mean, he, no, was, no. he had done it. No, he had not done it. Yeah. Let me tell, I don't know last time you ran a marathon, but the marathon starts at 20 miles. And the guy, everyone needs to go watch the interview with CJ. Okay, yeah, talk it's, about CJ, Peter. That's, that's such a Peter thing to say, though. I love it. That's a no, no. Stop mansplaining to me. Peter, stop <laughs> mansplaining to me. Whoa. No, no, no. <laughs> Peter no, just no, dropped no. the bike and walks away like, boom. 
about him. Oh, wait. Before I talk about CJ, I just have to say, I told these, Marcus, I, I recounted this live in Orlando, but a woman came up to me. I missed her name. And she said, Peter, I listen to Relay. I really enjoy it. And I like your shade. And just keep throwing get spicy it's okay and i was like don't give me this permission don't encourage like, i love i love yeah. that i love that people like are now like saying the reasons why they like all of us on the pod because like i get the same thing like oh i love how you like you know you, your humor you, you punch in there and then you, you make fun of peter and i'm like yeah you know that's what that's what that's what matt brought me on on for is to keep peter humble people don't give me any people don't give me any of this they just they tell me about what they like about the other people like, I love Relay, and they talk about everyone else. <laughs> you're, you're a good guy. You're the real good guy. But wait, did, yeah, did we yeah. talk about how Peter got stopped to say that he would, people enjoyed his hot takes while we were in Orlando? Someone stopped him and said that? Or did someone tell Matt that? He literally no, that was... just said this. Oh, I, oh, I was messaging with Fiona. Oh, no, sorry. I, I oh, oh. Name, name drop. See? I was about I really, to take this I really out. Was. I'm really Marcus, giving it now. Marcus, Wait, Marcus, hold on, Lindsay. This Marcus is going is on the internet. This is Marcus I really was messaging with her on Instagram. I was like, wow, we're going to have to edit this part out because Lindsay just had an aneurysm. Um, but turns out she was just hanging out with the BFF. Wait, who are you messaging with? I really was. She wrote me. Fiona wrote me back, and I was, like, checking my DMs. And I didn't think she was going to write me back because – she, it says she has her messages on quiet mode, which rightfully so, like she's probably getting flooded, but um, she just wrote me back. So we're going to have to have a whole other thinking. podcast about maybe Lindsay could go on the behind the influencer and we could do some like sliding into the DM etiquette. Like, yeah. how do you? There's no etiquette. You just Tommy, do it. Tommy is a, a king of this as well. Just yeah. from a professional Tommy. standpoint. Oh, professionally. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for, for correcting that. I did not slide into the DMs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Fiona O'Keefe. Fiona O'Keefe had like eight thousand followers before she crossed the yeah. finish line. Now she has twenty eight thousand. Yeah, I'm surprised she even saw that message. I'm surprised I didn't go to her message requests. I'm gonna DM her. I'm gonna DM her and say, I know you're DMing a Lindsay, but trust me, I'm much better. And see what she says <laughs> back. She'll be like, "Don't mansplain me." So it's a yeah, podcast. Thanks. So a podcast is when a couple people sit down and have a cool conversation. It's typically we covered this at Stanford. It's, it's typically recorded unless someone else is in charge of hitting the button. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, I just want to bring it back for a second to CJ, who was blurry in the, I mean, the, the straight on camera at the finish line. He is clearly sprinting like mad and the guys were fading and he was catching them. It's hard to appreciate on the broadcast um it's, it's just, i guess it's just hard to appreciate how close the race is happening but also how stretched out it is like mm -hmm. if you're looking on a tracker you're like okay he's in fifth and there were people um i mean sarah hall you already touched on at mile 23 i'm like you gotta believe like you gotta stay on it and she just looked like she could barely get her knees off the ground but she was still moving decently well but you're just like 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 we know anyone could just step off the road at any moment so right that's so true CJ gives an interview afterwards and it's pretty heartbreaking because it's like he's not he hasn't even gotten to that moment where he's able to, you know, process what he's doing. He's like, it's dawning on him like 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10. Like what? Because um, the guys were fading. He was sprinting. And who yeah, knows? He thought what, they were like, he thought they were a mile ahead. 
He's like, yeah. when I last saw them, they were like five minutes up. That's what, that was his that was his impression. That, that's what he said in the interview, right, Peter? Yeah, and the, the best thing you can do, I know people who will like count and like yell to runners, you know, eight seconds, um, you know, and if you get a lot of those, you can have a sense of whether you're, which way you're Stop trending. Stop coaching. Stop coaching on the course. <laughs> Literally not a rule. It, I'm like, I'm going to carry a USATF rule book and be like, ma'am, here you go. Um, I was getting yelled at for coaching runners, but because, you know, I would be like, we're at mile 22. I'm like, okay, try to even out your stride, like take a deep breath, like trying to be constructive. I guess I could have been like, you're almost there. Um, we were trying to. We were brainstorming other just generic things that would count as cheering. But were not... you like, I'm literally not a coach of the, of these people? Yeah. I mean, I guess you no, had Ari it's... out there. That was the only person you were coaching, right? What yeah. are you going to um... What do you Oh, uh, coaching is just like, you know, like 10 seconds. Uh, you move your arms more. Um, I would love to interview this here? woman. It's not a rule. It's not in the book. Um, so, you you know, we could also just be like. Maybe it's just her up. way of saying, stop being so annoying, sir, sir, <laughs> stop being so annoying. It was so fun out there. Like I was, I lost my mind for my buddy, Julian, who was in the top 35. And then all of these women are going like, Julian. And I was like, oh man, do you know Julian? They're like, no, but like you were cheering for him. You seemed so excited that we cheered for him. And like, it was really exciting out there. Oh, fun story. Wasn't the the last guy who got in end up finishing 40th or something like that? 17th. 17th, 17th, that's right, 17th. Wait, who's that? The last man to finish, the last last man to qualify, the last qualifier got 17th. That's insane. Who was that? Do you know? Joshua Kalapos. So he (laughs) ran at a Division III school, Carnegie Mellon. So because he qualified as the last qualifier, he went on the Division III, the D3 Glory Days podcast. Oh, cool. Um, And I saw those guys at the bar, and they're like, oh, yeah, we interviewed him. And I was like, I just didn't hear it. I said, how'd it go? They're they said, well, it was kind of awkward because we asked him, what's your strategy for the race? And he said, well, I don't know. Go out with the leaders. Try to make the team. And like, we, we couldn't keep our face straight. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. And Noah Drotti, bless his heart, you know, pro runner is like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to be, a, you know, big in my britches. But like, uh, that was for you, Marcus. Um, but you like, you know, I'm a. I'm a pro runner and I'm like, uh, um, well, well, let me give you this, Peter. Like if you had given, if I had given you like an over under for his finishing, if I said, all right, who do you think will finish the marathon faster? Him or the female winner? Could you imagine a situation where you would have picked him over the female winner? Um, wait, why? Well, a lot of people ran way slower than 222 on the men's side. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, well, this is where. The post that I put up yesterday is getting a lot more attention than I would have expected just to say, to say like, open up this field, make it bigger. Uh, like the, if the last guy in who qualified in 22 um, can make a lot of progress in a year and finish 17th, like there's so many reasons to make this meet um, just this competition include more individuals, more storylines, more talent, like so many cool things. And I think there's a lot of, um, what is it like assumption around why this all goes down and why this meet happens? People have said like, Oh, that wouldn't make it truly elite. And I'm like, that's just some definition you made. You came up with out of the blue of why. Like that yeah. interview where they're like, well, how, how did they, how did she get third? You know, it's like that same yeah, concept. Right. Like, yeah, she, you get better. 
you get better and you give people a chance. And like, if you look at most countries don't even host this race because it's extremely like resource intensive. It's exhausting. I mean, America, we do it because we're like, you got to finish top three. Like, this is how we choose, how we do it. Um, you know, Kenya most notably is like, we're not going to take the best athletes in the world, smash them together just for like a TV show. Um, we're going to have them try to win the Olympic medals and do it in Paris. So I just think yeah. you could make this, you could foster American talent. It's not you very could, patriotic, Peter. There's so many opportunities to make this sport more exciting. And I, um, I thank the people who are putting it, who put on that event, but I hope that they continue to broaden it. And I don't have a lot of faith that USATF will do so. Can I ask you guys this question as an outsider looking in? So if you look at like historically with the men's side, if you look at like someone like Frank Shorter, right, way back in the 70s, uh, then you look at the women's side, you've obviously got Joan back in the 80s. They're both gold medalists, right? But then if you look more recently, you've also got Molly third in the last Olympics. You've got Dina recently, obviously, bronze as well. Do you think like subconsciously the women uh, have like a higher, probably like, mental plane to go towards that's why probably the standard may be better in that in that, that mindset way i'm not saying that the men are bad or kind of not that standard but you're not thinking that maybe we're having people in your your circle that you can see achieving things probably pushes mm. your standard higher are you saying that the women are the stronger of the two genders there <laughs> i'm just saying like the, the, <laughs> the facts don't lie the facts right are now the facts tougher? don't lie I'm, are I'm we saying, tougher than you males? <laughs> I think the, the results are showing that obviously the women are doing you know, phenomenally well. So do you think maybe that's having an impact on the men's side? Well, I think when what you said, I think when you see other people in your sphere, like the people that are competing on where you're competing, doing it, then you believe that you can do it too. So yeah, I think that if more men were unlocking that, that it would elevate more men and the women are just doing that and the men haven't for some reason i don't know because when we talk about times you know how like i was saying and i got like people hated on me for this that like the women's boston qualifying time was too soft and i'm like anti-woman for that but like when you look at the women's qualifying time versus the men's qualifying time here how do those compare like who, the women's who's time the is still softer the women's time is still softer. Yeah, but it's all based. It's all because we don't. We still don't know what women can do in the marathon because we're we're technically like forty, fifty years in, but right. we're not really that far in. I just think, yeah, Marcus, I'm continually confused by like, okay, in the super shoot era, why aren't we not seeing more American men run two o six, just like flat out? Um, but wait, and, what would make the women's time not softer? What would be the comparable time? Do you know? Oh, it's, it's close. I will say, um, how do I, I'm not a statistician. Matt should take this. The, they only base it on the data we have. And the data we have is based in the history of women's marathoning, which is on the upswing. So when I found calculators online, they say that, you know, like a, a two twenty male marathon is equivalent to like a two thirty seven female marathon. Does that make sense? Yes. So like, so the female, the women's marathon standard is closer to like a 220 for men. And then the men's standard is 218 because men have been, you know, like there's more men who have been marathoning for longer. For more it's years, more, There's yes. more precedent, yeah. But at the same time, all of that's just going to be based on the data that exists. It's not based on like the uh, 
the biology. No one knows okay. like, you know, how the body moves down. I mean, I saw a great story from a woman who said, I'm so blown away by these women who are performing incredibly. This is uh, Emily Pfeiffer, uh, the author who you oh, interviewed. Yeah. I saw in her story, she said, I'm so blown away. She's a new mom. Oh, wow. That was fast. Yeah. I just had it sitting here randomly. The this Running Body. Book. Everyone should read it. It's like, we can talk about really it another good. time. And she says, I'm so blown away by the performance of these women postpartum. And I catch myself and realize I shouldn't be because I, that just means I'm discounting my mm. assumption of what they're capable of. And I think we're just still understanding what women are capable of uh, pre-postpartum, pre and post. Like, it's just, we don't did, really know. Did, well, didn't, weren't, weren't people saying that, like, um, that Bridget Cost guys, what, 214 something was, for, was, people were saying that that was a little soft compared what? to, to wow. compared to like the math or whatever they were doing compared math, to yeah, yeah. You were like, yeah, like some com, some numbers, compared yeah. Compared like, to the one fifty nine, yeah. So like the two eleven, like the because they were talking about the, the reason why they brought it up. It wasn't like to like discredit women, but it was like the conversation was about um, the big jump from Cause Guy to Asefa. The two yeah, it was more like the two. It was like two eleven. Like is two eleven actually possible for women? If you look at like the like, actually is yeah. If you look at the percentage regression, it actually if you look at it just from a stats basis, yes. But like again. We don't live in just a stats-based world. Um, I, I will say, unlike the rising tide lifts all boats kind of vibe when it comes to Olympic medals, it's not like the men have been shut out, right? Like Meb and Meb, Meb you know, his his run is in history. Is the same thing. Like Galen got a bronze in Rio, mm. right? So it wasn't like mm-hmm. it's been this like you know like Dallas Cowboys drought, not making past like the first round of the playoffs, and like there's Cowboys fans who've never seen them get like the conference finals, like. Like there are, are American men who, who have done very well at the Olympics, in a similar way. The American, the women, especially when you think about like just a small sample size of this, is only happens every four years. So like, I don't, I wouldn't say that the men's success in the marathon at the Olympics is a whole lot different than the women if you just look at over the last twenty years or so. Good point. Yeah, I'm just saying more in recent memory because people have short memories. <laughs> the last Olympics, so it's rather than because you think well. Tokyo and then Rio's before that. So I think, you know, Tokyo is in more in people's minds than Rio. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys want oh, to wrap man. up here? And we'll, no, we've we can... got to talk for hours. <laughs> I, I can just keep going. No, yeah, we should wrap up. This is so exciting. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Yeah, we so we're going to do, we're gonna do an like episode pizza. with Laura. We'll do an episode with Laura, yeah. get her experience. To, like She was kind of social media and podcast silent over the, the, the months leading into the race. We'll cover all of that with her. And probably in the next group chat will be very similar in terms of like the talking points that we haven't heard of or have we didn't address today and we're also gonna be able to talk about like almost like the meta version of like all right talking about the stuff that's come out in the media since the race so probably next week we'll be touching on again the storylines being hit today and what we now know this is talking in the future what we'll know next week that we don't know today about what occurred at the race factors that influence people's running well or people not doing as well as they had hoped and all of that. So in the meantime, go over to lagoon.com forward slash relay and save 15% on your Lagoon pillow today by using code relay at checkout. Not only is that going to help you have the best sleep of your life, it also helps us. Hopefully you're loving this free content and we can, you know, have, have some careers based on said content. <laughs> that is for sure. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and happy running. Peace.